What's up everyone, it's Nick here, and before we get started with today's video, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, which is Citadel 21. Citadel 21 is a Bitcoin cultural zine and displays the best of the best written content directly by the Bitcoin Taco Plebs for the Bitcoin Taco Plebs. You can read all their articles online for free, or even purchase copies of all your favorite volumes. But you got to be quick because they only sell a limited amount and they sell out pretty fast. They allow anyone and everyone to submit articles. So if you're eager to write something, I highly recommend you do it. Check out their website at citadel21.com below. The link will be in the description. And now let's get on to the video. What's up, class? This is Optimus Fields at My Living Truth. And we're back for another episode. We are at block height 666,968. And the current price is 34,685. Well, what's up, Nick? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. What's up, class? Uh, today we have a presentation on securing your keys. Should be super simple, straight to the point, and um, yeah. I'm ready to get into it. Are you? Yes, sir. Um, all right. Let's so, right um, Nick, I'll let you read the slide, but I just wanted to, first of all, tell you that as a, as someone new into the space, you'll come across a lot of jargon and a lot of steps on what you should do to make your Bitcoin experience a lot smoother. And one of the things that you'll probably hear from Bitcoiners is secure your keys, not your keys, not your Bitcoin or take your Bitcoin off exchanges. Exchanges aren't wallets. So just a basic rundown. We're going to give you the basics and then we're going to give you a little more technical stuff regarding it. So it's pretty simple you know in the beginning we'll, we'll just give you exactly what you need and then and then we'll break it down a little more and uh hopefully you'll learn something from this take it away nick so just getting right into it is what is secure and hold your keys your keys is your private keys your private keys is the 24 word quote unquote password you write down when you make a brand new Bitcoin wallet from scratch. So like we'll get into this later, but when you make a wallet on an exchange, that's not making it from scratch because they own the 24 words, which is the private key and you don't. So when you make one, let's say um, most noob friendly on your phone using blue wallet, you make a new wallet. It gives you 24 words to write down you write down those words on paper, never store them on your phone or anything on, on your phone, your computer, anything technology related, don't store it on there. Keep it completely off so no one can hack you and steal your uh, private keys. 
therefore stealing your Bitcoin. And uh, going on to the next bullet point is if you hold the keys, you hold the coins. So again, with the exchange, when you hold your Bitcoin in a wallet that it, you don't hold the keys to, someone else holds the keys to, which means they own the wallet and they have full control over it. They can lock you out of the wallet. They can do whatever they want with the Bitcoin. They can take it out of the wallet and move it. So when you are the only person in the entire world that holds the keys to the wallet, then you truly own the coins. And that's just with the last bullet point, what we touched on is you don't hold the keys to, on all wallets, meaning on exchanges, you do not hold the keys to the coins. Is there anything you wanted to add, Optimist? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, when you first come into the space, when you first come in contact with Bitcoin, this is probably the most important thing for you to do is to make sure you take your coins off an exchange and you secure them in a wallet that you own the seed, that you own the private keys to, that you have those 24 words backed up safely, make sure no one sees it. And like Nick said, make sure those seeds don't ever touch the internet. So go analog, you know, pen, paper, put it in your safe, put it somewhere safe. And uh, yeah, you know, secure that like your life depends on it because it kind of does. All your Bitcoins can be taken if those words get leaked to someone. Okay, and this is from Mastering Bitcoin. This is a little more complicated. Uh, I'll just read out, I guess, maybe the first paragraph or so. But uh, this is where it'll get a little more advanced and then and then we'll bring it back in and explain to you what this means. So ownership of Bitcoin is established through digital keys, Bitcoin addresses and digital signatures. The digital keys are not actually stored in the network, but are instead created and stored by users in a file or simple database called a wallet. The digital keys in the user's wallet are completely independent of Bitcoin, of the Bitcoin protocol and can be generated and managed by the user's wallet software without reference to the blockchain or access to the internet. Keys enable many of the interesting properties of Bitcoin, including decentralized trust and control, ownership attestation, and the cryptographic proof security model. Most Bitcoin transactions require a valid digital signature to be included in the blockchain, which can only be generated with a secret key. Therefore, anyone with a copy of that key has control of the Bitcoin. The digital signature used to spend funds is also referred to as a witness, a term used in cryptography. The witness data in a Bitcoin transaction testifies to the true ownership of the funds being spent. So that's basically what Nick and I just said in the first couple of minutes and um just a little more complicated and then the the last uh, paragraph here it goes keys come in pairs consisting of a private secret key and a public key think of the public key as similar to a bank account number and the private key as similar to the secret pin or signature on a check that provides control over the account these digital keys are very rarely seen by the users of bitcoin for the most part they are stored inside the wallet file and managed by the bitcoin wallet software so at a higher level, once you start going down the rabbit hole, you'll start to understand that your private keys aren't the only keys that you'll be holding. But for now, that's kind of just make sure you back up those private keys. And then uh, as you go down the rabbit hole, you'll start to understand all this other 
complex stuff regarding Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems very complicated at the ver at the beginning, but as you go along and you learn more and you get more used to Bitcoin wallets, you find out it's really not that complicated or scary. Yeah, just the takeaway is make sure those private keys are private and secret and no one touches those because those private keys control essentially all, all your access to your coins. So moving on to our next slide is how to know if you hold the keys or not. When you make a wallet from scratch and are required to write down the 24 word password, then you have the keys. Those 24 words are your private key. Again, like we reiterated on the other slides, write them down on paper, never take a picture of them or give them to anyone, as well as never put them on your notes in your phone, notes in your computer, literally pen and paper, anything else will not do. You know, putting it on technology will not do. Um, I know there are ways, there are some things you can do with like cold card where you can back up um, uh, a backup for your private keys. But then again, you still got to write uh, 12 words down on pen and paper. So just never store anything on your computer or your phone. Uh, if someone has your keys, they can steal your Bitcoin. Your keys allow... So you can always deposit Bitcoin into an address but you need the keys to get the Bitcoin out of the address. So never give anyone your keys because if they have it, they can steal your Bitcoin. And I know I've repeated that like five different times tonight, but it's, it's very important. So I need to say it over and over again. If you hold Bitcoin on an exchange, you do not hold the keys to the Bitcoin. When you make a Bitcoin wallet on an exchange, they already have the 24 word wallet made for you. So they hold the keys and they do not give the keys to you. And that's why we say not your keys, not your Bitcoin. If you have the keys, you have full control of the Bitcoin. And if you have the keys, then no one else should have your keys. So no one else can access it. Yeah. If, if you don't have the keys to your Bitcoins, uh, you really don't hold Bitcoin. You have a Bitcoin IOU. And whoever holds the keys can do whatever they want with those bitcoins. So I know we're kind of repeating ourselves a lot, but you just you got to get it through your head that keep those seeds safe. Make sure no one knows what they are because those are essentially your bitcoins. And uh, a bitcoin IOU is pretty much like when you buy bitcoin on an exchange. It's just the number that pops up on the screen. It's like, that's just the number they say they owe you and they say they have, but you can't confirm if that wallet, I mean, that exchange actually has that Bitcoin in reserve. So the only way for you to under, like actually know if that Bitcoin is truly yours is to take it off and withdraw it to your own wallet so you can truly own the coins. Because if that wallet, if that exchange goes down, or someone hacks it like they do all the time. Exchanges have terrible security and they get hacked all the time. Your Bitcoin will vanish in the blink of an eye. So it's very important to uh, hold your own coins and your own keys. 
Okay, so why secure your keys? Um, one of one of the reasons Nick just brought up, you don't want to get MT Gox. It's uh, an exchange that went down in the past. A lot of people were using the exchange as a wallet, and their coins got taken from them. Um, but back back to the list we got here. So holding bitcoins means you have complete control over your property, over your bitcoins. Like we say, you know, hold your keys or not your keys, not your bitcoin. So holding your keys means that you're in control of your property. Holding your keys means sending your money to whomever, whenever you want. So that leads into what we love about Bitcoin so much is that no one can tell me what to do with my Bitcoins. I can send it to whoever I want anywhere around the world. And I don't have to ask anyone to do that. I just, you know, create a wallet, hold the seeds, run it through my node. And I send it to one of my one of my friends around the world that that is a Bitcoiner. So uh, holding your keys means securing your wealth from confiscation and being able to get up and go with your Bitcoin at any point as 24 words in your head. So, again, this is another reason why we recommend holding your keys is because Bitcoin is purely digital value transfer. So you literally can just have millions of dollars of wealth in your head remember them as 24 words and if shit ever hits the fan you just get up and go you have it all memorized in your head and you can go anywhere on earth and you don't have to lug you know a bunch of heavy bricks of gold or heavy stacks of paper around you for for cash and and your wealth and it's just literally words in your head so if you hold the keys no one can hack you and steal your funds that's what we said in the beginning as long as you're holding your keys in a wallet that you secure and no one ever gets to a peak of those those words, then you're you're secure and, and for the most part no one will ever be able to move your bitcoins unless you're being a little reckless with uh, your information. So uh, holding the keys means you're solely responsible for your bitcoins, i.e. there's no refunds. So this can be looked at as a positive or a negative depending on where you're coming from but in my opinion and most of my friends uh, as bitcoiners opinions this is a plus because like we said earlier no one can tell me what to do with my bitcoins and with that comes responsibility of being your own bank so if you lose those keys there's no way for you to get those bitcoins in those wallets so that's why we keep telling you make sure you secure that like your life depends on it like your wealth depends on it because it literally does if those seeds are gone if those 24 words are you know burnt in a fire or thrown away or what have you all the other various ways that you can lose a piece of paper or your backups um your bitcoins are gone so just be careful uh be smart take some preparation be cautious but also it it comes with a certain sense of of confidence in yourself once you get all this down because you don't have to rely on anyone and you're in control of your wealth so again if the exchange goes down or they block you for whatever reason uh you won't be able to access your coins so this protects you against bad exchanges exit scamming stealing your B uh, bitcoin it also protects you from being canceled we're at the age of cancel culture so if you have money say on paypal or venmo or any other the payment apps even in your bank account uh they can basically just close your accounts and and steal all your wealth because you said something wrong or they don't like what you're saying or how you think or 
whatever reason they can come up with and they could just take all of your wealth with one button but if you secure your bitcoins in a wallet then it's going to be a lot harder for them to confiscate your wealth and if you you know take preparations to minimize those threat vectors then you may be able to withstand some some attacks at stealing everything you've ever earned in your lifetime so securing or securely storing your keys protects you from accidentally losing your bitcoins like we said secure them with their like your life depended on it so this is kind of talking about backups like make sure that you have your your keys backed up safe you know in various places maybe maybe if you uh have a good good sum in your in your wallets that you might want to step up your pen and paper seed back up to the the various metal seed backups that we have uh around on in the bitcoin space so that way that you're uh have a little more insurance policy when it comes to various life circumstances you know you never know when your house might go down and burn or you're in an earthquake or flooded or something you know maybe spilling water on your paper keys but as long as you have the seeds backed up then you're going to secure yourself from accidentally ruining your wealth or ruining your access to your wealth and then at the bottom here we have holding keys equals a bearer asset so this is one of the beautiful things about bitcoin is that it's a bearer asset in the sense that a gold coin or a silver coin or, or a dollar bill is a bearer asset once you give it away they're gone the the new holder is in control of that wealth and that's that's what bitcoin is and so if you hold your keys once you send it off to someone they they in their wallet hold those keys and they're the new owner and controller of those bitcoins of those utxos and so that's that's the beauty of bitcoin is that it's a digital bearer asset and it's not an iou and it's yours to own and secure and be responsible for yeah one of the things i really want to touch on is the ability to just get up and go with your money you have full power and full control over your money and if a authoritarian government were to try and confiscate your money or treat you very very poorly um and you want to move to a new place that treats you a lot better you can pack up your bags get your private keys and move to a new country without them even knowing you have your bitcoin on you and that's a massive game changer from you know the stories i've heard where people will literally risk their entire life savings bringing gold through customs at the airport and some people have gotten lucky and get away from it some people not so lucky and get their wealth uh, confiscated from them and uh bitcoin just has is just this huge game changer where you can be a truly sovereign individual and have full control over your wealth. Amen. So just uh, going through securing your keys checklist, um, I'm going to explain a, a little bit of this, and then I'm going to have either Justifer or Ben jump in to explain the, uh, the path down there below. They can explain it a lot better than me. But um, create a wallet, super simple. Write down the 12 to 24 words generated by your software wallet. We recommend 
doing 24 words as it's much more secure. Back up those keys to multiple instances of, pedal, of paper or metal, preferably in different geographical locations. So, Justifer or Ben, whoever wants to take it, could you please explain this part? Sure. So, like in uh, in your checklist of of what to write down, uh, this might save you a, a little bit of pain in the future by just writing down the derivation path for the wallet. Um, and that that sounds super complicated, but every every wallet that is out there that deals with Bitcoin, they like they interact with the protocol in a slightly different way. Um, and this derivation path will help. Uh, help you restore all of your funds on a different wallet. If you ever move to a different, uh, a different implementation or, or wallet. So, so it will actually help you find the addresses that have been used. So you could either write down the derivation path here, or what you can do is just write down the date and the type of wallet that, that you're generating these keys on. And that will help, uh, help you map out like where where in this massive set of numbers that are generating addresses like like where are uh where are your funds actually and will help you recover the entirety of it so so this is just uh an important piece to to write down the derivation path or the date and the type of wallet to uh, to help explain what exactly the derivation path is and like why you need to write it down, um, like basically if you want to think of like say like you think of private key as a random location on Earth, your seed is basically your starting point. Say like you know your twenty four words map you to like the underneath um, the Eiffel Tower, and then your derivation path is just like you know your the steps you need to go to to get to your private key. So it might be like you know four steps forward three steps to the right, and then no, two steps backward. And that's the route so you get to the uh, private key. So you could have your seed, but if you don't have these uh, derivation paths, then you could still not be able to find your actual private keys to your wallet. But um, generally in Bitcoin, we use standard uh, derivation paths for like every kind of wallet. It's like almost every wallet uses the exact same paths. So generally, it's um, you know there's you don't always need to write it down because normally we also use the same one. But still, best to write it down just so you know that, uh, you know, in case a wallet you import into doesn't have these standardized ones, you would be able to find it still. So this is really a recommendation for just cheap insurance uh, to help you in the future. Awesome. Thank you, guys. So finishing up the slide. We have two optional options you can do is memorize the seed in your head. This is also called a brain wallet. It's if it's pretty risky because you can forget this if you don't have it written down. Um, and also you can fall and hit your head and lose your memory and then your Bitcoin's gone. So brain wallets and or memorizing your seed is kind of risky, but it can pay off if you are in a position where you you really need to use a brain wallet. Um, consider multi-sig setup. It's a little bit more advanced, and we can do a presentation on it in the in the future. But I am a big fan of multi-sig. I it 
eliminates a bunch of uh, potential attack vectors and allows you to screw up pretty big and not lose your money. So again, we could go into this more in detail on a future video. But Optimus, is there anything you wanted to add here? Um, I think you covered it well. I just wanted to recommend the website, uh, walletsrecovery.org, for the der der derivation path. And, um, yeah, I, I think you got it covered. Uh, we'll definitely come back with a multi-sig setup for people. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's about it for this slide. All right, so, guys, in summary, this was short and quick. Uh, we may have bombarded you a little bit with uh, a little too much technical jargon for some people. So we just want to bring it back down to earth for you guys. And so in summary, uh, your Bitcoin wallet should be secured by writing down the seeds. Um, this phrase must be kept secret and safe from prying eyes. Make sure that this seed never hits the Internet. So we'd recommend, you know, analog paper or uh, the various metal seed backups. Don't don't put it in the cloud. You know, don't take a photo of it with your with your cell phone. You know, don't get lazy at this point. This is probably one of the most important steps that you need to um, complete in the beginning of your Bitcoin journey so that you become the sole owner of these Bitcoins. Um, again, if this seed is lost, and the wallet is deleted then your bitcoins are gone so you know take some personal responsibility you know take a little time to make sure that this step is is done and done correctly and just remember not your keys not your bitcoin so this is this may seem like a lot for you right now because you're new to bitcoin you're used to a bank or various entities making sure that you can get refunds or that if your funds are lost that they can recover them but bitcoin you're your own bank so you need to make sure that your your keys are secured so that you can maintain your wealth into the future and once you do this step a few times it, it becomes it's a second habit and it's it's not it won't become as big of a a deal as it might be for you right now so uh, I hope you learned something from this and we hope that you withdraw your coins from exchanges and put them in, in wallets that you secure. So thanks for coming out. Uh, Nick, did you want to add a few things? No, I think you covered it really well. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to uh, tweet at me or Optimus or DM us on Twitter. You guys already know our Twitters. It's at MyLivingTruth and at NickCan'tMine. And uh, yeah. Thanks for watching, and uh, if you made it to the end of the video, leave a comment, like, and subscribe, and we'll see you guys next week. Hey, can I ask a question? Get it, sure. Jim. Hey, sorry. <clears throat> um, on, I saw the slide with the three deriv derivation paths. Are those the only three based on the, um, the BIP that created a different address format? Um, yeah. I can answer this. Yeah, I get There's it. a basically um, to like keep things so you don't like leak privacy. Every different address type has a different uh, derivation path. So like uh, addresses that start with one um, use like the bit forty four derivation path. Addresses that start with three is uh, forty nine, and then the BC one ones use uh, eighty four. Are those the only okay, standard so, ones? All right, so so there's three of them.
that if you had a seed phrase and you had to try three attempts, eventually you're going to put the right one in and you're going to get your wallet back. Would that be accurate? Uh, most likely there are like other nuances though. Where like, so like you see on screen, there's like, it's those like 44, uh, zero, zero. So like the 44 refers to which address type it is. Uh, but then, um, the second, uh, the first zero is like which chain it is. So like on testnet, that'd be a one. And then, like, you know, if you're on Litecoin, that might be a different thing or whatever. And then the final zero is the account number. So most standard wallets just use the zero account number. But some wallets use, like, fancy things where they'll, like, you know, say if you're, like, you have a, a wallet that mixes coins, it might make the second uh, uh, zero there. Go, go to, like, the make it a one to make it go to a different account. So you have like a bigger separation of your private keys and like, you know, mixed and unmixed coins. So there's some things like that where if you just imported the base one, you might only find part of your keys, but it's still like uh, normally like it, uh, how it's defined in the BIP, the way to do address discovery should be able to find it. Okay. Um, since you can change the derivation path outside these three variables, when when does that happen? Does it happen automatically? And can you see it in your wallet somewhere? Because all the UTXOs I've ever moved around, I've never seen the derivation path, but I've never lost my private keys either. So I haven't had to worry about the derivation path. I have always been curious as to where it fits into the overall things. This discussion has helped me a lot to understand it, and I'm happy to know there's generally only three. But it sounds like there could be 10,000 if you were crazy enough to mess with those numbers. Yeah, there's a there's a massive amount. I'm, I'm looking mastering Bitcoin here, and each uh, each uh, parent extended can have uh, four billion children. So, and each of those children can have another four billion. So, it's a massive map of uh, of numbers. So, like where your wallet might interact with it is like change would be separated. Um, it would have a different derivation path than like the rest of your your UTXOs. Um, why, which would the, would be, why would the change come back to my wallet using a different derivation path? So it would be under so the so first it's M, then it's the purpose, uh, then it's the coin type in the next, then it's the account, and then it's change, and then the address index. So it's like creating all these different addresses under the same account um, and separating out change would be important for privacy. All right. So how do you know that your coins are at a whole bunch of different addresses with different derivation paths, even if they're controlled by the same key? Where do you find that in your wallet or somewhere else that you can write them all down separately somewhere if you had to? Normally you don't need to write down the, uh, like every address or derivation path for every single address. Um, so, like, you see here, we have, like, M and then three numbers. That's normally just what you need to write down because um, that gives you your account. And um, then, like, so that's how you generate an XPUB. And from the XPUB, you generate, you know, like, uh, everything, like, all the addresses. And then, like, the XPRIV is how you get the private keys for everything under that XPUB. So if you are able to generate the XPUB, generally, then you could find every uh, address you need. And then the wallet should be able to handle the rest and find the correct private keys as well. So um, generally, just like writing down the the base derivation path here is enough. But um, no, I don't. 
I'm not sure which wallets actually reveal it. I know like some of them, like Electrum and Wasabi, lets you uh, define it at the beginning in the like advanced settings. But um, normally wallets don't let you tinker with this because it's more of like a fuck gun if you let the user change it. How do you how do you even know where to find it to write it down when you're setting up your wallet and putting your keys on a backup? Um, you can probably find it in your wallet dude, documentation. It, it, uh, Jim, it really depends on the wallet, dude. Like, uh, for example, like Electrum, it lets you put in whatever the hell you want. For other wallets, like, it doesn't allow you. And then, um, man, like, you really don't have to worry about it unless, like, you're trying to recover like a specific wallet, like for example, like Casa uses this weird ass derivation path and you kind of want to write that down, right? And if you want to recover your Casa wallet on Electrum, you obviously have to input the weird ass derivation path that Casa uses. Uh, Unchained Capital, I, I think they use standard ones, but most wallets you'd use as standard ones, unless you're really paranoid. And, and again, like security is this like mix between convenience and security. Um, I don't see why you would ever want to change that um, unless, like, I, I don't see why you would ever want to change that, especially if you take good care of your seed, right? So um, it, it's just, it's a it's a good thing to know, but I feel like it's more trouble than, it's, it, it, it causes a lot more trouble changing changing it rather than just using the, the standard. All right. Can anybody explain to me why wallet software, when it creates a private key for you, doesn't automatically tell you this is the derivation path and don't lose it along because, the because key? Because, Jim, they use standard ones. So, like, if, for example, like, if you use a specific type of Bitcoin address, it uses a, a specific type of derivation path. I see like, that. Uh, address that starts with a one uses the M4400. I get that. Um, and so if I have a wallet with an address that has a one in the beginning, I can assume that's a derivation path. But Ben just said that you can tweak that and other coins have different ones and all these other things. There are variables. And, you know, assuming you're not changing them on purpose, then you maybe don't have to worry. Um, but you, what if you can't see an address? Let's say you have a wallet or you deleted a wallet off your phone or something like that. one of my stupid relatives lost the seed phrase for like a hundred bucks worth of Bitcoin from five years ago. And they don't have the seed phrase and they don't know what wallet was on or anything. So it's totally lost. And even if we had the wallet uh, without the address that it was sent to, how would I know the, the, whether the address starts with a one or three or a BC one? It says it, it says it on the address explorer, man. Yeah. For, for like... I shared a website in the, in the thing and he said, he repeated it. It's a uh, walletsrecovery.org. It's got a list of, all the different like wallets that there are out there and their default derivation paths that you have so i've been through this before where i like had just it wasn't a lot of money where i just had some money on a wallet that was like a software wallet that got stuck on me and i just imported it into electro and i put in the little derivation path from wallets recovery and i was able to see all my coins yeah it, it, and honestly like wasabi like i would say on Electrum is really, and that's the one that I use, perhaps I'm a little biased, but Electrum really is the wallet that gives you the most amount of functionality. And that's the one where I would say it makes it e the easiest to kind of mess around with the uh, derivation path. But again, dude, like, I don't know why you would want to mess with it if you secure your seed properly. You know, I, I, I don't mess with it unless I really have to. Uh, 
I know some wallets, I mean, I know some like multi-sig services, they really change it up like completely. It's not even the normal, it's not even the standard ones. But uh, yeah, man, it, it, it's just more trouble to, to be honest with you. Yeah, so for like the most, for the, the common user, you should definitely leave it as defaults. But if you're doing something custom, so say for example, you wanted to give uh, like a, a public key to, to a, another entity so that they could generate new addresses for you. Like using this system, you would be able to, to do that so that they wouldn't have information necessarily on the rest of your uh, accounts under this structure. So, so they could, yeah, they could operate separately. I don't want to interrupt, but I would say that like better than changing the derivation path to just use a different passphrase and just use, keep your main, you know, seed. I agree. And do whatever wallet format and whatever, and just use a different passphrase. So I do that. I have like a bunch of different passphrases for various things that I, you know, need to give an explanation for or something like that. I, I agree, dude. And, and, and um, I think Casa just released a bunker and uh, it makes it even easier than, it makes it even easier. Well, you don't even have to change the password, the, the, bro. Like, it's so easy to make a mistake. And I say this out of experience, you know, where like I literally have a heart attack because I'm like, dude, I wrote down the seed and whatever. But no, my smart ass decided to mess around with the duration path. And I literally, you know, and obviously you live and you learn, but it's just, it's so easy to make a mistake. And some wallets don't even, they're not even like very straightforward with allowing you that like, perhaps they just let you put in the seed and then they have a standard uh, deviation path, whatever set on on that wallet, but it doesn't even allow you to change it, right? So, it, it, it best thing is just not to touch it unless you really have to. Thank you. That was very helpful. Beautiful. I uh, I think the listener will enjoy the the conversation at the end because they're probably having the same questions. So super cool that we uh, recorded that one. Jeez. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. Uh, Nick, we're going to wrap yeah. it up. We're good, right? Yeah. I think we're all good to end it here. All right. Beautiful. See you next week. Peace.